Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Clary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. Hello, Connected Parents, and welcome to another episode of Connected Parenting. I've got Natalie here with me today. I love our conversations. So you and I were kind of talking a week or two ago about how parenting can be really gritty and ugly and hard and frustrating, and it can take you to some really dark places. And parents don't always, especially moms, don't always feel comfortable talking about that. And they often feel quite alone thinking they're the only ones feeling those things. So I thought we would just have a conversation today and get, and get real Real. about about (laughs) how hard it can be, especially if you're the parent of a gladiator, right? Mm -hmm. A sassy, spicy, feisty kid where everything's no, and why, and not now, and get out of my chair. And I go first, that kind of child. Yeah. And and there's the, the gladiator that also goes inward and just doesn't talk Mm-hmm. to their parents. And that's so hurt that can really, really impact a parent, right? And just that you don't have that line of communication, which is why we do this work, right? Yeah. Yep. And we know that through this, and this is kind of how it started. Our conversation was, I was reflecting upon how um, before, how life was before connected parenting and how life now is with using the methodologies in right. the so it's it's such a it's like night and day night and day yeah night and day um and we see this too in the role playing by the way like we've been doing role play for almost a year now and we've seen Mm -hmm. a huge huge transformation in parents and how they are interacting with their kids how they're feeling about themselves yeah and the changes Um, in their kids behavior which is amazing yes 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 Yeah. yeah well i know even in there even in the role play and it's such a supportive amazing community but you know, people often think, oh, you know, I don't know if your kid's as bad as mine or, you know, I, it, it, I think there's something that it's important to have a conversation about how hard it can actually be. So I literally, and I'm sure you do too, in your office, when you work with parents, is I have parents that come in and say, look, I love my kid, but I hate him. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, you know, at three 30, when it's, you know, I know school's ending, I, my stomach's in a knot because I know my kid's coming home. And how do I do all this mirroring and how do I be compassionate when they walk in the room and I'm like, "Mm, great, here he is. Now what's going to happen? Right. So, and I think there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of um, pain that's involved in that. And then parents sometimes, and, and, and it's not that this doesn't happen to dads too. It absolutely does. I would just say in my practice, it seems to be the moms, I think that, you know, they're more likely to say, although dads say it too, I'm the worst mother in the world. Right. I'm the worst. Like I actually. Yeah. I shouldn't be feeling this way. What was wrong with me for feeling this way about my kid? I birthed this child. That's right. Yeah. Like, and they just not okay. I shouldn't feel this way. And people don't talk about it. I mean, like some, maybe if you have a really, really close friend, you can say it, but most of the time it's like, oh, your child just got an A and your child was invited to this and your child did that. And my kid tried to bite me. So that's great. So it's, you know, it's this idea of, um, you know, community and knowing that you're not alone Mm -hmm. 
right? That part yeah. is really, really important. Yeah. And it's like, and I remember what it was like when you just said about having that knot in your stomach. Like, I remember what it was like to go pick up my eldest at Montessori. She was there. And I remember um, at Montessori, you can pick them up, the one that we were at, at least, you can pick them up at a certain time or you can leave them until a certain time. I waited until the last minute. Most often I did. And even saying this out loud, it's very, it's a little embarrassing, right? Because it's very vulnerable for me to say that because of course, yes, I've come a long way, but this is why I do this work now with you because I know what it was like to not want to pick up your kid. And I remember someone saying to me, a friend of mine, um, she would say to me, well, well, why don't you, if you just pick them up early, then you can do blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, this, the knot in my stomach when I would go and I tried to get as much as I could done before because I knew it was going to be a SHIT show when she got home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this is, this is why, like we, this doesn't get taught. This doesn't get talked about. This does not get talked about. And I think, you know, for people listening, if you have a child that can really take you to that edge, that is really <laughs> difficult. That is, you know, sucks the oxygen out of the room, ruins family events. Oh. You know, you, yeah, you walk into a place and you're like, oh God, you know, when is this going to happen? Um, the stress, like we don't talk about parental anxiety, but that's a huge anxiety. Yes. Right? You know, uh, there were times I remember this and you probably came, well, you had, you've had, I had, I remember, I'm thinking of Olivia when she was little. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I remember we would, our whole life revolved around my eldest's mood. Like, what was it going to look like today? Could we attend that party? Yeah. Could I go to the park? Um, did I feel comfortable going by myself? Because there were times where it was a crap show to get there. And then it was a crap show to leave. There were times where she, she was just like in the middle of the street. Like not, it was. Yep. Like, <laughs> so a lot of people listening will absolutely relate to this. Um, and there's like a quiet, painful use the word embarrassing, but shame that comes with this. Like the other kids are going, okay. And walking out off the, you know, playground and your kid is screaming and still hanging on to the monkey bars. So it's, it, it's, you know, it really is challenging. And one of the podcasts that I just finished, I don't know if it's posted yet is being the parent of that kid. We're really talking about what it's like to be the parent of that kid, right. To be that kid where, you know, the parents look, I, I know because when Olivia was little, she was that kid. And it'd be like, oh, there's Olivia's mom. And you know, it's, and it's hard. It's really hard. And, and for me, it was super embarrassing because I'd written two books and I wanted to walk into the school with a bag on my head because, oh God, like, what yeah. did she do now? Oh my God. You know, and I just kind of handled that by being really open and, hey, we're well aware of the issues that Olivia's has. She's well-loved, but she's really tough. If you have issues with her, talk to the teacher, let us know. Like I just tried to be really transparent and, and open about it. And when you do that, actually parents are quite wonderful back, but let's come back to the real reason we're talking about this is that carrying that around. Yes. Right. That real, that, that shame and that, in, that embarrassment. So there's a few things that I think are important for us to recognize because we, we often, and there's people that believe that if you have a kid that's not well-behaved, it's your fault. Oh yeah. And you know why? Well, I won't say this is as absolute, but because if things are going well in their home, then it's easier 
to kind of point the finger and, and, and I'm, it makes sense, right? Cause you are doing the best in your home and I totally sure, get that. Of course. But if yeah. you don't have a gladiator kid, you really don't know what it's you like. To, it's so, yep. It's, it's another it's, world. Yeah. You. And, and people love to say, oh, well, have you tried this? And why don't you just give them a timeout? And, and you're like, really? Hadn't thought of that. Tried that 8,000 yeah. times. Thank you. So one of the things that's tough about gladiators, and we talk about this all the time at Connected Parenting, is the beautiful parenting strategies and all the wonderful resources and books and courses that are out there um, that work really well on ordinary kids backfire absolutely spectacularly with gladiator yeah. kids. And then you feel like it's your fault. Yeah. And right? I was just going to say that because you know, the what happens is when you're trying your best to find what the heck will work and you're going from modality to modality modality and try like it what ends up happening like you said exactly what you said and you lose your confidence you, you lose your confidence in the ability to parent and then you can go into you can go into really deep dark thoughts you can very deep dark thoughts Yep. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> well, and I always say like parenting in general, but especially of a gladiator can take you to the highest of highs because they're often hilarious mm -hmm. and outside the box thinkers. And when they're on, they're fantastic. But when they're off, I used to joke when Olivia was little and I would say when she grew up, she'd either run the world or tear it down. Like they just have that incredible energy, but then they're, they had this powerful counter will, right? And that's really hard. And it's interesting because often there's one gladiator in the family. I do work with families where there's multiple gladiators and that is a whole other exhausting oh, thing, but typically it's one, like one is the one that sort of dictates, like you said, with your daughter, like whether the family's going to have a good time or a bad time when they go to that family dinner, or, you know, it's just a matter of time before that kid like ruins it. And, and one, one of the things just as an aside with gladiators is they're often so nervous about their own behavior. They know they blow it. They know they do. So they're in the car driving. They're going, Oh, hope I don't blow it. I hope I don't blow it. I can't stand this feeling. Oh my God. What if I blow it? What if I blow it? And they can't handle it anymore. So they walk in the door and they blow it because then they don't have to worry about blowing it anymore. They self detonate it. Right. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Self-sabotage. Yes. That, that term self-sabotage is important because we do that as adults obviously are ourselves so it's important to kind of have some compassion for your kid as well when they are when they do blow it because this is what happens it's 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 yeah kind of automatic yeah. for them in a well, way and this is why with connected parenting like part of what we do is we sort of plan for those events we look at previous dinners that have you know exploded or things that have gone wrong and Typically it's kids like this can't handle more than one big thing in a day. And they often ruin that one big thing. They will ruin birthday parties. They'll, they, they just, they'll ruin Christmas morning or, you know, Hanukkah dinner. Like they just, they can't hold it. So they blow it up. And, and part of it is helping the parents with the expectations, helping the parents to do the front loading, um, you know, planning, having conversations with your kid before it happens. Here are five things you can do if you start to feel that way, having a signal, lots of baby play, lots of cuddling and, and using the calm technique can help those evenings go well. But all of that takes a tremendous amount of energy. And what, what I always want to, I mean, I know, cause I had a, I, Olivia's calm now she's 18. She's doing great. Um, and gladiators often do you and I were talking about this too last week. Yes. yes. yes? I can't guarantee this, but often <laughs> the more behavioral the kid is when they're little, the easier they are as, as, 
as adolescents. And often people are like, oh, wait till that kid's 16. They're going to be, no, if you get on this and you do this stuff now, yeah, I, I find in general that the teenagers are not nearly as, as hard as the sort of pre the age of nine years. Yeah. And, and if you do have teens, it's okay. We, we help those parents as well. Oh, they, it's teen uh, whispering. They, it's the yes. only thing. Yeah. And in fact, um, oh gosh, it was just, there was, uh, in, in the role-playing there is, um, we do have parents who have teens and it's, you can get into a lot of self-blame of course, and take things a lot of very personally. And th so this goes back to what you were saying about, um, you know, just having that, if you can try not to take it personal, it's so hard. Like it really is when your kid says, I hate you. When your kid says you're gross or you're an ogre or whatever it is that they say to you. Yeah. Um, it's so much hard. worse. Much worse. Much worse. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's so hard not to take it personal, but, and we always invite and encourage and help parents retrain their brain so that they don't take it personal because that's where you can find the neutrality. Mm -hmm. And then that's where you can parent with authenticity in the connected parenting methodology. Yeah. That makes sense. Does that yeah. make sense? No, it does make sense. And and part of the predictive piece too is like gladiator kids, and you, you can be gladiator. You can be a gladiator child just because of temperament. You can have that temperament, but also have ADHD or have giftedness or be highly sensitive or be on the spectrum. There's lots of reasons why a kid is a gladiator, and you can just be a gladiator just because you were born a gladiator. Um, and what happens with them often, there's certain behaviors that are, that are quite similar and they will have this kind of what I call a protest. Anytime you tell them to do something or when they think something's happening, but the plan has changed and it's something else, there is a massive protest. And it's part of how they discharge. It's part of how they regulate. It's part of how they deal with the fact that there's been a big shift in plans or that something didn't turn out the way that they wanted. And if you fall into the protest and don't talk to me like that, and how dare you, and now you've lost this. And if you fall into that, and this, I just literally went through this the other day with Olivia and she, she we, I have already talked to her that I will bring up her name sometimes in our podcast and she's got a good sense of humor and she's great about it. And this doesn't happen very often with her anymore. But the other day I reminded her and I didn't front load and I didn't mirror first. I was like, <laughs> just remember you have your tutor for this week. We booked two in one week. And I guess she'd forgotten about it. What? That, I told you I didn't want to turn. Like a whole thing happened, right? And if you fall right into that, you know, this is your education and I'm doing this for you. And you think I'm spending this money on nothing for no reason. And if I sort of fall into that, which is if you go with what you're feeling often where you want to go, she would have blown up more. We would have had a whole thing. She yep. would have felt misunderstood. It would have been a whole bunch of ugly and she would have been a wreck talking to her tutor. Cause by the way, this was not too, this was, you know, half an hour before she's supposed to see the tutor. And what I was able to do in this moment is just, I, I mirrored a little bit and then I just left it. I know, I know her now she has her blow up. She has her protest. If I don't get pulled into the protest, she's usually fine. And then she was, and she had her tutor and she came out and the night went on as usual. And so one of the questions parents have is don't, don't you need a consequence over that? Shouldn't there be a, you know, consequence uh, for speaking that way? But within connected parenting, and because Olivia has been literally raised this way, she is the one who came to me. She came to me later that night and said, eh, "I did that protest thing again, didn't I?" 
Mm. And she's the one who said to me, you know what? That's really crappy. Cause you did book the tutor for me and I feel bad now. I didn't have to say a thing to her about it. And that was totally genuine. So you have to kind of trust that as you're laying down this foundation, it's a little unconventional and to the outside eye, it might be like, what are you doing? That kid's mm -hmm. a brat. What but we've, if you're a parent of a gladiator, you've tried everything. Mm -hmm. You've tried yeah. consequences. They're consequence resistant. They'll look right at you and go, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Take it away. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Right. So it's, it's having faith and trust that as you build this, um, you will get to those moments, right? And that's not the first time she's done that. She's almost 18. I mean, she's been doing that for years, but part of it is that you, they just have their own rhythm sometimes. And so back to your point, if you get sucked in and take it personally and start yelling back and getting pulled right into it, that's going to be that night blown. And then that's going to build on the next day. And then they're still mad about that the day after. And then you end up in this, in this really negative cycle bringing us back to the beginning of this conversation, which is then you feel terrible. Then you're mad at your kid. Then they're like, Oh God, what do they want now? Like you're in this position where the relationship is so frayed and you can't find um, in that moment, at least what's lovable about them. And, and that's the thing about gladiators. They often, um, they know they're loved, but they don't feel very lovable. And that's not your fault. That's because they know they're, they act in ways that are not lovable. They know that they look around, they can see that they're the only one behaving that way in the family or the only one at the dinner making those choices. Yeah. And, and this is, it's a good distinction to have. Like it's, it's not your fault and you can be their champion. You can be the one who helps and it's hard. It is so hard, but you can be the one that helps them get back. And you always say this all the time and you're like, their compass facing north, like, like just mm -hmm. getting back into knowing what is a good thing to be a good human being, yeah, which will come eventually. And there, what I love what you said about um, with this recent thing with Olivia is that you forgot to do all the front loading. <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot. I didn't do anything I tell people to do. <laughs> exactly. And this is and this is the beauty and the magic of it, right? Because you can still. It doesn't. It's not about perfection. It's not about being a perfect parent. It's about being a connected parent. Yes. So connected that even in those moments, you can find an ounce, an yeah. ounce of something that will help you stay neutral. Whether or not you can be neutral in that moment, you know, that's where we do yeah. the work and we practice and we, we yeah. but. Well, and what's so lovely about that. And even, so let's say I did get sucked right in and we had a whole blowout, right? The beauty of it, and you're right, there is no such thing as a perfect parent. If you were, you'd mess them up anyway, because that's just weird. Like that's not even normal human behavior. Like people get mad, people hold grudges sometimes, but there are natural consequences in the world for behavioral choices that you make and pretending that there isn't, isn't helping your child anyway. Um, so if you do lose it, you get to go back and you get to repair. And the next day you're like, mm, you know what? You had told me how much you didn't want to have a tutor twice. And 20 minutes before your tutor, what do I tell you? Hey, you have a tutor and now I can mirror and I can repair, right? Mm -hmm. So there's always that opportunity to repair. So I want to, I want to come back to the, the thread at the beginning, which is the, the worry and the guilt and the shame that parents carry. And there's a couple of things that I think are really important to know about that one. You're not alone. And you're hearing us talk. I mean, yeah. and that's, <laughs> come to the role play. You'll hear more of the coaching calls when we do the courses. Um, and there's people from all over the world saying the same thing. Yep. 
that's me. That happened to me last week. That happened to me, you know, and, and everyone can relate and they do it without judgment and they do it just with love really. Um, so the, the first thing is that you're not alone. The second thing is what we were just talking about. You can repair, you can always find something. A lot of, um, the parents that I talk to of gladiator kid, especially, especially little, little ones can have like the worst day with their parent and with their child. And then you sort of go to sleep and that's when the whole day hits you. Oh God, I hated the way I sounded today. I, I promised myself I wasn't going to have that, you know, energy with my child. And I still did. And so they literally go into their child's room and watch them sleeping. Cause they're always so precious and beautiful. And they're sleeping. Aren't they? <laughs> they're so cute. <laughs> And they have to go there to like ground themselves in, of course, I love my child. I love them desperately. And of all the people on the planet, you do have to have their back, even when they're so unlovable, even when they're unlikable, you've got to do it. No one else is going to do it. You feel that way and you're their mom or their dad. Imagine how the teacher is going to feel or, you know, a, a, a playdate parent if your kid's acting out. So it is incredibly important that you ground yourself back in that love. And that's why the baby play, that's why I say to people, you know, the, the child that you least feel like doing it with is the one that that's you want to do. Yeah. That's all you got to yeah. do with. You got to do it. Yeah. And if you feel like, really, I got to do that every day, you got to do it. Yeah. And there's ways that you can get yourself to a point where you don't feel that not anymore right and that's part of what we support parents with is so you can get to that and that's that's the oxytocin right that's the oxytocin flowing mm -hmm. enough so that you can um lean into the lovable moments even when they're not so lovable yeah um and that's, yep. that's super yep. key. and something else that's really practical and then we'll we'll wrap up in a minute is is divide and conquer like we said right at the beginning that gladiators often will derail family events. And so A, have a backup plan, or I don't know, if you're going to the mall or you're going to the zoo, make an arrangement that, okay, you take this child, the other one takes the other child, or this one takes these two, this one takes one, you do something together, you meet for a snack, you switch kids, you go off again. Like there's this idea that we always have to be together all the time, but gladiators find more than one child to be really stressful and it's got to all be about them and he's getting this and she's getting that and you didn't pay attention to me and hold my hand and they get really um, wound up you won't see your child's best necessarily in those situations so taking time even when you're together as a family to go off and do something one-on-one -on -one yes with that child right yeah and just so parents um understand doing that won't necessarily um make your child, like I want parents to get that when you build the connection that way, that in a very one-on-one -on -one way, it's actually going to help them be able to be with other kids yes. more when they, yes. when they're secure in that connection. So don't think that by spending one more time, one-on-one -on -one time and dividing the family that you are doing a disservice because you're not, it may, again, this is where the counter the counterintuitive method. A lot of is, what we do is counterintuitive. Yeah. yeah. It's very counterintuitive, right? But it really actually works because you're building that connection, strengthening it. That's foundation, that, that's right? The foundation and getting the oxytocin flowing so that they feel so grounded anytime that they can be with all the entire family. Yeah. And yeah, that's very true. So I love that. Thank you. And, and I think for me, definitely in doing this work, the, the, the thing that is the most rewarding, the most joyful for me is when a parent comes back after a few weeks and says, Oh, I remember now what's so cute about my child and I'm enjoying my child again. 
and I'm loving the moments that we're having. And no kid is perfect. You're still going to have issues, but they're not going to be as dramatic. Right. Um, and then you're going to feel better about yourself as a mom, as a dad, as a parent. Um, and you won't, there'll be less nights where you're up in the middle of the night with your, that pit in your stomach, wondering if it, people are not going to understand your child, right. Or being mad at yourself for yelling when you promised yourself that you wouldn't. And it's not easy and it's not a panacea, but it is possible to get to a place where you really can enjoy each other. And the whole family, like one frayed bond can mess up the whole family, right? So paying attention to that can help everyone, not just the, not just your gladiator. And we're, and it's living through, I can, we can attest this is, this works. It works. It takes some time. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it works. So stick yep. with it. Awesome. Reach out for support. You're not alone. You're not alone. And Gladiator moms and dads, we got you. Gotcha. We are you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> okay. <are> embarrassing stories. <laughs> all right. Well, fantastic. And we, I mean, we talked about the role play all the way through this. It really is an amazing community and a way for parents to help each other and support each other and practice the skills, which is really important. Yes, um, yes. And then there's the online course, which is a great way to do it either. And there's the one where you just listen to the videos. So you just online on demand, or you can join and there's the coaching calls where we talk with the people from all over the world about these very issues that we talked about today um, and the books and the podcast. So thanks, Natalie. Well, lots of it. helpful tools. Amazing. All, all right, right. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye everyone. Bye.